I like you. Let's get on with the, with the service. John chapter 4. Hallelujah. There is a definite touch of destiny in this building tonight. I don't say that casually, but I felt while this great choir was singing. You know, the world looks at talent completely different than the church does. You know, I felt when of God that there's probably some that are following some great worldly musicians, and man, there's some good ones. But I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And according to the God that spoke you into existence, what just happened here a few minutes ago far surpasses what happens outside these walls. The different concept of worth. John chapter 4, beginning reading in verse 4. Speaking of Jesus Christ, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. It was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman, or a woman came from Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Kind of awkward that the Lord of glory would be asking a woman from Samaria to give him to drink. Verse 8, For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Jesus was all by himself. Verse number 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. The Jews, which is God's people, were never to have anything to do with the Samaritans. The Samaritans were half-breeds. Back a few hundred years in Jewish history, the Jews had fallen under Assyrian captivity. And their captors intermingled with the Jewish women and so on and so forth and produced a half-breed society called the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to thee, Give me to drink, <clears throat> excuse me, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. You see, the Lord opened the conversation, knew where the conversation was going, and then said, hey, if you knew what I had to offer, I've got the real juice. The woman somewhat understood this, and look at in verse 11. The woman says unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then has that, that living water? Sir... I have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Psalms 42. Man, I just feel good in the Holy Ghost around here. You folks that are visitors, we're out to get you. So you can just forget about us sneaking up and from behind. We're just going to come face to face. You don't have to worry about no sneak attacks around here.
But I want you to relax because you're in God's living room. God's not like one of these guys that says, come on in, but, but don't touch nothing and don't ask for nothing to eat. Just sit there. God's saying, whatever you want, friend, it's yours. Whatever you want, whatever you need for your soul, the well is deep, but He can fill it. Psalms 42, verses 5 through 7. David, the psalmist, the greatest warrior and king that Israel had ever known, cried this, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites and from the hill of Mizar. Notice that David, not once but twice, talked about the deep and burdening effect in his soul. But my text is in verse 7, deep calleth unto deep. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight. Deep calleth unto deep. God of heaven, we stand in the magnificent presence of your glory. God, we understand the lateness of the hour. Father, we pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that there be an arresting of the human mind long enough for individuals to make a rational decision in faith. We arrest every spirit that opposes the work of the Holy Ghost. We bind it, O oh God, with cords that cannot be broken. In the name of Jesus, Father, we ask your touch on this service tonight. We ask it humbly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Amen. You may be seated. Deep calleth unto deep. The word deep is found throughout the Word of God. And I am going to try to preach to the best of my ability on a level in which anybody in this building can understand tonight, whether you are a biblical scholar and you're acquainted with the Word of the Lord, or whether you're an individual that maybe has come here um, as a result to the radio or newspaper or flyer or what have you. I want to try to break the Word of God down in such a way that you're able to understand exactly the power of the scriptures that I have read to you tonight. The word deep that is announced in John chapter 4 and also in Psalms 42 often is used in scripture to describe places that are void of light. They are places that are, are dark. They are void of light. They are cold. They are lifeless. Probably the greatest place to begin to try to build a foundation in your mind tonight would be to start in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 of Genesis chapter 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I want you to understand the picture tonight. 
that the word deep oftentimes in Scripture and initially found in Genesis chapter 1 is in reference to that which is death, is deep, but is dark, lifeless, cold, and lonely. That which is void of light. Verse 3 of that great chapter says this, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The reason that that is so important to you and I tonight is because without the Word of God in your heart, there is darkness. The human heart is a deep thing. Your ideals and the, 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 your loves and your concerns and the passions of every human being is a deep place within the bosom of every man. And yet this place that is void without the Word of God is considered to be deep and dark and lifeless. Verse 4 of Genesis chapter 1 says, And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. If you can leave this building tonight with at least a segment of the Word of God, then there will be an instantaneous division in your life that you will able to be able to recognize darkness from light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are several things about these scriptures that I've just pointed out to you that I would like to draw to your attention. Number one is that darkness existed before light. And so it is with humanity. 5.4 billion human beings that are rushing pell-mell to the pound of a time clock are rushing in what the Bible calls gross darkness. Hallelujah. You may say, well, I know a little bit about the Word of God and maybe Grandma conveyed a little bit of truth to me. But if you really don't have it in your heart, and you're really not living upon what you know, then you are not really living in a divided sense between light and between dark. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God in Genesis chapter 1, even in this dark state, moved upon the face of the waters. It is my belief tonight that upon every human being that's in this building and those that are out this building that the Holy Ghost is doing its best to woo and to draw humanity into a closer relationship even though there's darkness in the deep God is moving upon the face of your waters tonight Joel chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament says I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh being the face of the deep whether you receive God or not tonight whether you receive the love of God through the Holy Ghost in your life it doesn't matter God is still moving upon the face of your deep hallelujah and in conjunction with the Spirit that moves upon the face of the deep, there is the Word of God that actually brings the division between light and between dark. I'm so glad tonight that once I was in darkness, but now I see. Hallelujah. Other scriptural references in the Old Testament that refer to the word deep, meaning void of light, or depth is Psalms 88 and 6 says thou has laid me in the lowest pit in darkness in the deeps Deuteronomy 13 says blessed of the Lord be his land for the precious things of heaven for the dew and for the deep Ezekiel 31 and 15 says thus saith the Lord God in the day when he went down to the grave I caused a morning I covered the deep for him and of course, in our text, 
that I read to you tonight, the woman in her desperation to get to the deeper things of life that was in the well said, oh, I have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Hallelujah. The deep also refers in a different aspect in the Word of God, referring to that which is void of comprehension, consciousness, or in a trance. In Genesis chapter 2, when God created man from the dust, God placed a deep sleep upon Adam as he separated a rib from his side to create Eve. Hallelujah. Genesis 15 and 20, 15 and 12 says this, And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we see that the deep not only refers to that which is dark and lonely and lifeless, but it also refers in the Word of God to that which has no comprehension or consciousness. Hallelujah. The word deep in the Bible also refers to the conditions of your human heart. In Psalm 64 and 6, the Word of God says, They search out iniquities, they accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them, and the heart is deep. Proverbs 20 and 5 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, cold, lifeless, unconscious, and deep. Jeremiah 17 and 6 says, The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, and who can know it? Hallelujah. And in Romans chapter 1 it says, They that worship themselves through idolatrous fornication rather than God and their foolish heart were darkened. Hallelujah. Once again in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus talked to people about the depth of the human heart in the sower and the seed, in which he talked about the stony soil, which fell, the Word of God fell on stony soil, but it could not grow root because there was no depth. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God that we've got an opportunity to preach tonight. I'm so thankful you're here tonight. You have the opportunity to change the course of your eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man has a triune compound makeup to his structure. A lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people that are in the world think that man is made up of many different facets, many different components, but the Word of God is always right. The Bible says, let man be a liar, but God is true. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, this man is made up of spirit. That's the deepest aspect of any human being. He is made up of soul, and he is made up of a body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man's spirit was from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, let us make man in our own image. Some people think that means physical image. It does not because the New Testament says that God is a spirit. And so man in his very essence, at the very basis of your existence, you are a spirit. Hallelujah. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost and you don't have the Word of God buried down deep, it's dead tonight and it's lifeless and it's cold. Job 32 and 8 says, There is a spirit 
in man. Proverbs 20 and 27 says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Hallelujah. And just to give you a little preview of what's coming, that's the only reason that God and the only means that God could really save humanity was that in the fullness of time when He shed forth His Spirit that our spirits could be reborn. Man is a spirit. Hallelujah. And it is man's spirit that communicates with God that is a spirit. The second component as we go from in to out is the soul. It is the aspect of every human being in this building tonight that you deal with yourself. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And man became a living soul. Deuteronomy 13 and 3 says, Love the Lord with all your soul. Matthew 16 and 26 says, For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Soul, just to break it down for you, is the seat of your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's the part of your makeup that you deal with yourself. And then every person that I'm looking at tonight obviously has a body. Some of your bodies do not look as good as this man right here. And some of you don't look as good as me either. I'm just having a little fun now. But God gave every spirit and every soul. He wrapped it in a body. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. Paul says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, only if He's in you. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. Paul says, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what our carnal world says. Deep within the deep part of your soul is a spirit. And that's the only part of you that was designed to communicate with the spiritual God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. But there was darkness upon the deeps of the human soul. When man lost his fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden, and there's so, many, so much junk going on in our world tonight that has relegated the truths of God's Word into nothing more than Mother Goose and Grimm's fairy tales to maybe some little deal that didn't really happen. I'm here to tell you that the reason you're in depression and your soul is tossed and turned every night as you lay, you, you lay on bed every night is because your soul is deep and it has emerged with the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Adam and Eve partook of sin and lost that spiritual relationship with God, they were locked in to the soul. And i got to take a little bit of time tonight so you'll understand exactly what this preacher's saying. For the last 7,000 years, Pastor, there's been a lot of so-called religion and a lot of so-called man-made technique that only goes as deep as the soul. I, I guess I appreciate Alcoholics Anonymous, the Aquarian effort, 
detox, and the list goes on of all the techniques in which man tries to help other people break their habit. But it only goes as deep as the soul. Because the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Man don't know how to get any deeper. Only God can merge with the human spirit. But man will deal with the soul. Hallelujah. And the reason why you can't get rid of your guilt and you can't escape the fear that mocks you day in and day out is because you need a Holy Ghost experience that will turn you inside out. Hallelujah. Now stay with me tonight. You're going to put it together. Darkness was upon the depth of the human spirit when Adam and Eve sinned. They got cut off from relationship with God. Hallelujah. But God said, let there be light. And there was light. What is that light that we're dealing with today? The light is, friend of mine, the precious word of God, which brings light. In John chapter 1, in the New Testament, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. God, and the word was God in him was life and the life was the light of man hallelujah if you don't have the word of God way down here you're in darkness hallelujah and the word of God goes on to say and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not the darkness could not overcome it it says in the Greek the darkness could not put it out it couldn't comprehend it it had to get back it had to go out it had to be rid when you get the word of God in your heart and if you're not living in the word and you're not walking in the word you're in darkness Psalms 1, 12, and 4 says unto the upright, there arises light in darkness. But if you're not upright and you're not seeking God and you're not seeking righteousness, I don't care what your job pays. I don't care what your girlfriend says. You're in darkness. But in the Holy Ghost, I come with a double barrel shotgun. One blows you out of the water with truth. And the other pulls the trigger and says, Grace, but God loves you. And he's fixed it where you can know him. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 4 says this. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. John 12 and 46. Jesus said, I am come a light into the world. He was the only individual on the whole hemispheres of existence. Every ecosystem, every strata of existence. Jesus Christ himself was the light of the world. Because he was the word made flesh. John 8 and 12, Jesus made the proclamation, I am the light of the world. There were millions and millions of human beings that existed on the face of the planet, just like you're existing in your little eight to five world. And that's not a put down. I was better off than I was. But that's just to let you know that you're boxed in a third dimensional realm when God kicked off the lid and put you in a seventh dimension with the Holy Ghost. 1 John 1 and 6 says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 
Hallelujah. There's many that are in this room tonight that you have darkness in your soul. But it's like my opening comments had said, we're living in a world where you can cover it up with another bottle. You can stick a band-aid over it with another love affair, maybe another night full of fornication, give you a little sense of self-worth. But in the end result, friend, your soul is bearing the wounds of sin and guilt that human beings were never meant and intended to carry. And your spirit knows no life. It is in the deep. Hallelujah. But my word of encouragement to you tonight, my good friend, is this. If you can receive the word of God and allow it to get deeper than your comprehension, because your mind is going to judge everything according to what you've known, everything according to what you've seen, everything according to what you've heard, Everything according to what you've read. Everything that the devil's whispered in your ear. Everything that some lying, deceiving idiot used of the devil put in your heart. Don't allow that to confuse you with truth tonight. Allow God to breathe some reality and some resuscitation into your depths tonight. Hallelujah. Deep calleth unto deep. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He said, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God searched into the deep aspects of man. He knows you, friend. Before you even step foot into your automobile and put your foot to the pedal, there was a holy God that knew exactly where you were headed. And He knew exactly what you were about to hear. Hallelujah. Why is it that we give ourselves to so many distractions? One of them is because one of the aspects of soul is I must be received by others. Some of us are so afraid that we won't be accepted by neighbors and friends and loved ones. So I have to really be something that everybody else wants me to be. And so the soul can be so caught up and misconstrued in an unreality that is false. Hallelujah. But tonight... God has searched the deep things of your soul and He knows exactly where you're at. Hallelujah. You might be saying tonight, I am helpless. I know there is darkness in my life, preacher. I don't know really what to do about it. Every single human being that's in this place that's received the Word of God, we all have to go through the same process. We have to receive the Word of God. Because it's only when receiving the Word of God that we get greater illumination. The Bible tells us that we're all in darkness and gross darkness the people. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One reason why you're feeling uncomfortable tonight, friend, because the Bible says this, for everyone that does evil hates the light 
neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. By the very virtue of the fact that there is no word of God in your heart, your spirit, you don't even know you got a spirit. You're tossed and turned with the soul. But the reason man has an innate fear to come into the presence of God is because men love darkness and they were afraid of the judgment of God. Most of us here tonight that maybe have come in to hear a little testimony about how good I was in the rock and roll world and how good it was to rub shoulders with all kinds of wackos down in L.A. We'll get to that tomorrow night. But I try to get right at the outset of telling audiences that come that we do not come to do a little tap dance and tell you how good it is to play rock and roll and heavy metal and all that junk and glorify sin. I'm here to tell you how good it is to be out of sin. I'm here to tell you about how good the Word of God is. It's rich. It's pure. It's powerful. It's altogether lovely. It's got nutrition. It's got life. It's got power. It's got unction. It's got liberty. Shatanavamandaya. There ain't no liberty out there. That's why you're afraid of the light. You're in darkness. But I speak that not to your condemnation. I speak that to your hope. Because even though you're in darkness, they that sat in darkness saw great light. Many of us here tonight, unless we're regular attendees of a church, you may not really understand the death, the life, and the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you a 10-week Bible study in about five minutes. Before Jesus Christ came here, He was the manifested Word of God in flesh. The Bible says, and I've already built the proper foundation, the whole world was in darkness. Don't matter what kind of degree you got. Don't matter if you got PhDs. It don't matter what you got. What certification. What education. It matters not to God. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because Jesus Christ was the light. And the only way to get out of here was to go through the light. But that was only one sector and one segment of the ministry of our God. Jesus Christ took upon the sins of the whole world. In the Old Testament, they had to offer up animals and the, the shedding of blood for the atonement of human sin before a holy God. But with the death of Jesus Christ, He took upon the sins of all of us here tonight and all of those that are outside these walls around this world. And in doing so, Jesus Christ died as a human being. I want that to set in tonight. Jesus Christ would have never died a mortal death because he was perfect but because he took on the sins of humanity and we die because the Bible says the wages of sin are death smoking drinking disease pollution everything makes the body break down through decay inwardly and outwardly but Jesus took all that upon himself 
And He died in our stead. But see, it didn't stop there. Jesus died like a real human being. And when a human being dies, where does your soul go? The Bible tells me that the appointed man wants to die and then the judgment. If you're saved, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But if you're lost and undone, you go to a place called hell that was prepared for people that would not receive God. It's not that God seeks to grind humanity and shove them into some Nazi camp of eternity, but it's because God so loved the world and there's nothing more powerful in wrath than rejected love. The minute that your wife or your girlfriend rejected you, friend, there was a passion of anger that could not be quenched. And God is having a love affair with all of humanity, but we must follow the light. And so Jesus Christ not only died taking on the sins of humanity, but He died as a living soul. Hallelujah. I want to read a scripture to you. It's in Isaiah chapter 53. Please listen closely. Speaking of Jesus Christ, And He made His grave with the wicked and with the rich in His death because He has done no violence. Neither was any deceit in His mouth. Jesus Christ was perfect. He wasn't supposed to die. You and I were supposed to hang on that cross. Listen closely. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Hallelujah. Verse 12. I'm going to end with this and listen closely. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bared the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus Christ took all the sins that would have taken on your soul. He took them on Himself, and He went to hell. You're saying, what? I don't believe that God actually went to hell. He died as a human being. He wasn't just here playing a game saying, as soon as I die, I'm going back up there. No, He died as a human being, a lost human being. His soul went to hell. I know that's strong, but that's absolutely Bible. Hey, don't blow my don't blow my scripture. Now you get to preach tomorrow morning, preacher. And some guy always trying to steal the limelight with you out there playing rock and roll or in the church. What's the deal? No, I'm just having fun now. Hey, we can have fun in here. We're God's kids. We're in the living room of the Almighty. Where God Almighty is pleased to dwell among us. And so Jesus Christ, hanging on the tree, died like you and I were supposed to. You say, well, why should I have died on a tree? Because that represents death. And you and I will die because the wages of sin are death. But He took it on for us. And He not only ended there, they buried His body in a tomb. Now please listen closely. Just give me ten more minutes and then I'm out of the chute. Ten more minutes, I promise. Jesus Christ, His flesh, and His person 
was the word of God made flesh. Everybody follow me? He was laid in a tomb. Now the human heart, the portion of your soul, is always typified in Scripture as soil. And so Jesus Christ, being the Word of God, was put in the soil. But He didn't stay there. Because, see, your, your spirit is dead tonight. If you don't have the Word of God in your spirit, and the Holy Ghost dwelling in the deepest part of your makeup, you may say, man, this preacher's talking science fiction. I don't know I got a spirit. Man, all this goofy, hocus-pocus stuff. You have a spirit. It goes underneath the part in which you, you deal with yourself. Body is how I deal with others. Soul is how I comprehend self. Spirit communicates with God. So Jesus, being the Word of God, was right on the surface of the human heart. Tonight, I pray that this Word is lodged on top of your heart. Psalm 71 and 20 says this. Listen closely. i got eight more minutes. Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again from the depths of the earth. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. He went down to hell and died as a lost human soul. Hallelujah. Why did Jesus go into the deep parts of the earth, which is a type of the Word, not only on the soil of your heart, but going into your spirit? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 says this, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Now he that has ascended, speaking of Jesus Christ when he went up, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Oh, I pray that the word of God would not just rest up here on the surface, but would go deeper in your soul tonight. Listen closely. Speaking of Jesus, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. What are you saying, preacher? Jesus was buried in an earthly tomb, which is a type of the word on the surface of your heart, but he didn't stay there. His soul went to hell. And instead of being imprisoned in hell, like every other human soul, he kicked down the gates of hell and stole the keys of death, hell, and the grave and let everybody out of there and said the human spirit is now awakened. Because deep calleth unto deep. You can have life. He's already made provision. Listen closely, I'm almost done. I got four point quarter past a freckle minute. I don't have my watch, man. I broke my watch, man. We're out buying a new trailer and I can't even afford a new watch, man. Listen closely. First Peter chapter three says this, and this is the clincher friend. For Jesus Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us back to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Listen, what are you saying, preacher? Jesus went to hell as a lost soul, but he came back up a quickened spirit. 
The deep part of man was awakened at the resurrection. Well, what's that got to do with me? Listen closely. By which also he went and preached under the spirits in prison. And he led captivity captive. The spirit of man had a chance to be awakened because deep calleth under deep and said, come on, let's get out of here. Hallelujah, I'm alive tonight because my spirit's alive. I'm alive tonight because Jesus is here. I'm alive tonight because the word went deeper. I'm alive tonight because Jesus came out. Saint of God, you ought to be on your feet if you're alive in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! You were in depths, but now you're alive! You may be seated. I'm done preaching. The Word of God's already gone forth. Some of you have got a soul problem. It don't matter. Jesus already kicked the door down. What do I got to do, preacher? Receive the Word of God. Let the Word go deeper than just the tomb. Let it get down there past the soul. Let it get in there and quicken your spirit. The Holy Ghost is here to make you born again. I don't care what anybody else has told you. It's not difficult to receive the Holy Ghost. You just got to mean it. Superficiality and phoniness is in the soul. But I believe that there are people here tonight, you want it. But fear exists in the soul. Let's pray, church. Let's drive that word down with prayer. Deep calleth unto deep. See, human beings try to fill that gap with boyfriends. Human beings try to fill that with a drug trip. Human beings try to fill that big void called the deep with a new car or a bank account or some little one-night affair or maybe having a group of friends who thinks you're super cool. Whatever it is. It's filling the deep place that only God was intended to inhabit. And not only that, if you're not in Him tonight, your spirit is dead. Let's stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. A lot of people they are, think they already got enough of God. You can never get enough of this, friend. And if you're really living for God, you're here for prayer meeting. You're here for outreach. You're here doing everything you can because you want more of it. That's why most of the parables that deal with the deep part of man deal with the soul. 
When the man says, take thy knees, soul, be merry and drink, Jesus said, thou fool, for this night your soul shall be required of thee. I'd like to ask that every eye is closed and every head is bowed. God, we love you tonight. We praise you tonight. We praise you because you're a worthy God. And without you, God, we are in darkness. There's good people here tonight. The reason I know you're good is because God died for you. Jesus died for every human being in here. You've got the same chance that everybody else has got. God loves you. We love you too. But the thing we're wrestling with tonight is a soul problem. There's people that have come in here tonight that really at the basis of your reasoning for coming here is because you are seeking for something new in life. I know who I'm talking to in the Holy Ghost right now. You are... God wants to put that together tonight, but He will not violate your will. It's not difficult to receive the Holy Ghost. It's the greatest thing in the world. So many people misunderstand God's intentions. The enemy uses that to warp and to twist so that they get so far from the call of God that there's never a return. I'm reaching for you tonight, sir. I'm reaching for you tonight, ma'am. Some of you are so hard, you can't, even, you can't even feel God right now. Some of you that have never been here, to, uh, here before, you can actually feel God. But there's some that are so hard. The heart is so hard that the soul cannot respond to God. I'm praying for you tonight. I'm praying that you will be introduced to a great God that loves you. And when you meet Him for yourself, friend, you'll understand that deep has called unto deep. If you're a visitor with us tonight, if there's a saint that's right next to a visitor tonight, I want you to grab him by the arm. And don't yank it. Be polite about it. And I want you to lead him down here tonight. If you're a saint next to a visitor, bring him down. We're giving you special invitation. If there's nobody to bring you down, I would like to personally invite every visitor to come down to the front. If you don't want to pray, that's fine. 
I'm not bringing you down here to do something you do not want to do. I would like to pray for you. I want to invite the members of this church that need to pray. You've felt the tug of the Holy Ghost on your heart. This altar is open to you. Let's please have no murmuring or just wandering around from saints tonight. There are souls in the balance tonight that may never have an opportunity like this again. The reason why, friend, you're afraid to come down is because your soul has recognized that what I've said tonight is true and you're afraid. I want you to know, man, you don't have to be afraid. I'm your friend up here. God's your friend. You don't even know it yet, but God's your friend. How do you do that? Sir, has anybody invited you up? Would you like to come, you and your wife? Okay. Good to have you with us tonight anyway. That goes to every one of our visitors. It's a privilege for us to have you with us tonight. But it's all of our privileges that we're in the presence of a God that loves humanity so much that He laid down His life. To you that are praying, please pray silently. I want to say a few things to our visitors. It is not difficult for you to communicate with God. Matter of fact, God has designed this service tonight in such a way that it's not work, it's not hard, it's not painful. As a matter of fact, it's the greatest feeling a human being can ever have. But the reason that I'm talking to you like this is because I want it so often I think that people are afraid to come forward because they, are, they feel threatened. And maybe they'll be pointed out or I don't know. I, the reasons go on. But if you in your own way will talk to the Lord, God will respond to you. But before we get started, I want to instruct you that there is one way that man has to come to God. God has required it to be that way. And that's in repentance. He don't care how big you are. He don't care how small you are. He don't care how much money you have. He don't care how bad off you are. But every human being must come to God in repentance. What is repentance, preacher? It's where we come to God and recognize that God is, first of all, that He exists. And secondly, recognizing that we're not right with God, we ask God for forgiveness for the life that we've led separated from Him. Now right about now is where people start punching the calculator of their minds and looking at all the ramifications of that. I understand. See, you're talking to a guy that understands. But the other side of the coin is, is I understand what you're missing. 
And it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the love of God. And you'll never make eternity your home. Heaven your home. And you'll never have joy in this life without it. We're going to all pray right now. We're just going to ask the Lord to forgive us. If, you don't want, if you're not ready to make that move, you don't feel like you're ready to have God forgive you of your sins, and you don't have to repent. That's your decision. No one's going to push you into that. But I want to warn you, nobody has any guarantees of tomorrow. Let's all bow our heads, shall we? God, in the name of Jesus, I love you, Lord. I love you, God. I may not know, God, all the formalities of how to talk to you and how to come before you tonight, God, but I know that something is real in this place. I believe you're real, God. I believe that you exist. I believe that what I'm feeling in this building is powerful, is awesome. And God is all of that. God, I'm asking right now, you would forgive me of my sins. I'm not, I'm not repenting for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I pray. Pray for your presence tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. We that are up here, just go ahead and keep praying. Stay in that mode. Saints of Faith Tabernacle, I'm going to ask you to find somebody to pray with. If they're a visitor, if they're a backslider, I don't care if you, they're sitting right next to you. Find somebody that you don't know and pray with them. Lay your hand upon their shoulder. We're not here to threaten anybody. We're not here to make you do anything you don't want to do. Whether you know it or not, you need prayer. Hallelujah.
that the Lord is a mighty tower and the righteous run therein. Right be to God who gives victory over sin. When we reach our heavenly home, my faithful song will be. He that overcame, overcame through the name of the Lord. He that overcometh, overcometh in the name of the Lord. He that overcometh, overcometh in the name of the Lord. Up there in heaven and up belongs to that name. Yesterday, today, forever, he remains the same. His arm is not joined from us, is not found. He that overcomes, overcomes through the name of the Lord. He that overcometh, overcometh in the name of the Lord. He that overcometh, overcometh in the name of the Lord. Up there in heaven and earth belongs to that name. Yesterday, today, forever, he remains the same. His arm is not shorted from us, it's not mine. He that overcomes, overcomes through the name of the Lord.
I'm going through, I'm going through I don't care what the rest of the world decides to do I've made up my mind, I'm not gonna turn around Walking with Jesus and I'm going through, I'm going through, I'm going through I don't care what the rest of the world decides to do I made up my mind I'm not gonna turn around Walking with Jesus and I'm going through Keep your eyes on the bride Keep your eyes on the bride Keep your eyes on the bride Come on and keep your eyes on the bride Hallelujah. Yeah, y'all guessed it. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. We've, we've been having some revival around here tonight. Y'all glad for the presence of God? Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for His goodness and His mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we've got a couple of people that are going to get baptized in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. I want to tell some of you that have visited with us tonight. I was telling to one, one fellow that's going to get baptized tonight, Rob, I was saying, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that when you come out of the water, you're going to feel like a hundred pounds has been lifted off your, off your back. I can't explain it, but it's true. When a person is baptized, there is an instantaneous load that God takes off your soul. And you feel light as a feather. And then I told him, I said, you know, I really don't believe in betting. I just said that. Because it's just an expression to let him know that, man, this thing is so real. This thing is so true. Being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is the greatest experience that you will.